We are back here on the block. We head now to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. We welcome in the Omaha World Herald's Evan Bland covering Husker football and baseball right now. Uh, Evan, let's start with Husker baseball. Uh, successful home weekend. You win two out of three uh, from Illinois, and then you get the midweek game against North Dakota State. Let's start with that Friday game. Uh, what was the scene like with the uh, the three jersey retirements, the wall unveiling, and uh, getting that, that series off to a good start Friday night? Yeah, it was really cool. It was it was uh, it felt like a throwback sort of night. It felt like a Big Twelve kind of night, to be honest with you, where it like you know Texas was coming in or something like that. Like the people were charged. Um, you know the sort of the magic of those two thousands teams was in the house, and you know it was fun to, even um, before the unveiling, catching up with a couple of those guys who were gracious enough to chat. I mean, um, you know, Alex Gordon has the same demeanor as he has had Darren Erstad, as we know, um, is just, a, he's the same competitive guy, except now he's doing it as, as kind of, as he said, as a, a children's Uber driver going to uh, <laughs> coach his son's hockey teams and things like that. And, you know, Shane Comine has been back recently a couple of times. And so, um, you know, it, it was cool just to, to see all those guys in the park. Um, and, you know, it even carried over into the game, right? Like, Will Bolt gave uh, those guys a chance to say something to the current team before the first pitch. And, um, you know, Alex Gordon, 39-year-old Alex Gordon, kind of jumped in there, and it felt like it was a 2005 Super Regional all over again where he gets those those guys fired up. Um, and then you add to that the the football recruits that were in the house to, to see things, um, and then they start fast and, and, and end up winning that game against Illinois, just a, a really fun night. It, it felt like, you know, that could be maybe the, the high point this year, just in terms of buzz and atmosphere. And so I thought it was worthy of the Husker legends that were in the house. The Huskers win then on Saturday, but they lose again on Sunday. So far this season, Nebraska's won only once on Sunday. They did that against South Alabama second weekend of the year. What is it about Sundays? Is it still just the lack of a third starter? Is it just everyone's off that day what is it about Sundays so far with this Husker baseball team yeah I mean Sundays is is one way to frame it I think the other way that's probably a little bit more accurate too is what do they look like when Emmett Olsen and Jace Kaminska are not on the mound I mean those guys have been their co-aces and you look at look at last weekend and what they did I mean Emmett Olsen goes seven strikes out double figures and he does it while he's thrown up between innings <laughs> and he finds a way uh Jace Kaminska on Saturday, couldn't command anything. I mean, his, his fastball, um, everything else was all over, sprayed it, as he said, time and again. And he still finds a way to give Nebraska a quality start in a game that they win. And so you kind of zoom out a little bit. Nebraska, when either of those two guys are starting this year, Nebraska's won 10 out of 12 games. When anybody else uh, starts those games for Nebraska, they're, I believe, 4-6-1 and one at this point. So they're a sub-500 team. And so you know, it, it, obviously that speaks to the the talent that Nebraska has in Olsen and Kaminska, but it also, I think, speaks to the lack of depth and, and how they've just continued to search for those reliable arms uh, outside of those two. And, and there have been certainly positive moments. I mean, Shea Shanneman, I think, has settled in as the closer. Jake Buns, uh, he, he might finally be rounding back into form coming off of the injury from last year. Um you know, uh, Jalen Worthley's had has his moments, um, but like they just haven't been able to find a lot of consistency. Like, you don't know from start to start what you'll get maybe from Michael Garza or Jackson Brockett. 
Um, and, and so they're just kind of cycling through it. And, and Will Walsh mm-hmm. would be the notable story from Tuesday night. They beat North Dakota State. He goes seven strikes out 11. Like, he, he, he may very well have earned himself that Sunday starting spot a week from this weekend because they don't play a, a Sunday game this weekend. Uh, he, he very well could be that guy. And, again, when you think of all the other pitchers that Nebraska's given a chance to before Will Walsh has sort of asserted himself, it's pretty remarkable that they just haven't found that person yet. Now it's not too late. You're only about 40% of the way through the regular season. Um, you know, there are still roles to kind of figure out and big moments that, that uh, you know are, are ready to be captured. But you just have to wonder – if you're Nebraska, you get into a series, or if things go well enough, you get into a regional. How do you line up your pitching you know, beyond your two starters? I think that's something they're still working through. You mentioned Will Walsh, the story uh, last night. What is it that makes him so successful, that's made him so successful these last couple outings? That's a name that you, know, you kind of heard just on the periphery of the conversation, but he's really kicked that door down with you know seven strong in- innings last night. What, what, what is it about Will Walsh that makes him so good these last couple appearances? Well, I mean, he's, he's in some ways come out of nowhere to, I think, the casual fan, right? Like before that Creighton game a week ago when he sat down 15 straight Blue Jays, like he had two career innings to his name. And he was a guy who redshirted his first year and he, he battled uh, a number of injuries early in his career. So you just didn't see him on the field as a, as a hitter or as a pitcher. But last summer he goes into, I believe it was the Mink League, and just really dominated as a two-way player on the mound, at the plate. And Nebraska, I think, still, even probably up till about a week ago, viewed him a little bit more as a position player than as a pitcher. But, man, he's really forced the issue with that. I mean, his command has been good. Coaches really emphasize the tilt on, on uh, you know, fastballs and some of your breaking pitches. So, so, uh, and when you see that working, that usually leads into a lot of soft contact and, and slow grounders and things like that. And I think that's what Will Walsh has produced when his pitches have actually connected with bats, right? He's also, he's also missed a lot of them for strikeouts. So, uh, this is a guy who, who at least showed it last summer. He's healthy. He has some confidence. And now he's got two outings in a row where he's really impressed, again, against Creighton and now North Dakota State. Uh, and it sets up a really interesting scenario where this weekend, because of sort of scheduling quirks, Nebraska just plays a Saturday doubleheader uh, down in uh, Abilene, Abilene, Texas. Um, if you want, if you if Nebraska so desires, uh, it sets up really well for Walsh to maybe be that Sunday guy uh, for the Michigan series at Michigan next week. So we'll see kind of how that turns out. But certainly Will Walsh has done enough to get everybody's attention. Speaking of getting everybody's attention, the other story from last night and one of the stories so far, at least for me for Nebraska baseball, has been the reemergence of Bryce Matthews. A lot put on his shoulders uh, last season, a little bit down. He's responded. Uh, three strikeouts to start last night's game, but then the uh, deciding home run absolutely crushed to left center field. What's been different for Bryce Matthews uh, this year than when he scuffled a bit last season? Yeah, you know, I, I think... Part of it is the same sort of story that Max Anderson has had. And Will Bolt's talked about this a lot, where you think back to 2021 and the, the great freshman years that Anderson and Matthews both had, they weren't asked to do a whole lot, right? Like they were sort of complementary pieces to some of the more established guys in that lineup. And then you look at last year and the steps back that both of those players took, I, you know, I think they would tell you and the coaches would tell you a lot of that was because there was just too much pressure put on those players to to take a, a 
too big of a step forward and maybe be more than what they are as players. And so uh, in some ways, I think their production is sort of a byproduct of the depth of this lineup. And and Max said this last week um, when I was talking with him, just this idea that, you know, a year ago, if he struck out in a big spot, man, uh, that would stay with him. And, and, and he felt like he really let the team down. Well, now, if you feel good about the guy behind you and the guy behind that, uh, to pick you up and to continue things, even if the result that you get isn't what you're looking for, I mean, that just allows you to play looser and freer. And so I think you're seeing that from Bryce, too, where, you know, he, he's a guy who takes his craft seriously. And, and even defensively, like in, in the summer, um, there was real talk that he might uh, have to move to the outfield because they couldn't maybe necessarily trust him as the shortstop to, to uh, you know, field at a high enough level. And what does he do? He goes out. He recommits himself um, just to play, in, to play in defense, too. And he's been a really dynamic defender as well. So, uh, you know, credit, the I think, the individual, certainly, for the work he's put in and the improvement he's made, but also the team construction around him, I think, has really helped allow him to thrive. Talking uh, Husker baseball with Evan Bland. Switching gears to football now, Evan. You've gotten a chance to watch a little bit of practice. I know you can't see a whole lot, given uh, the amount of time they limit you to. They're not doing a whole lot. But as you watch, has there been anything that's stood out to you from what you've been able to see in here? Well, I think it's really fast-paced. Uh, you know, there was always talk in previous years about how, how frenetic practice was designed to be. I feel like we've we've seen that more this year certainly than I've seen uh, maybe under the last couple of staffs where, I mean, you're going from station to station uh, and, and there's not much time in between. Guys are jogging from one stop to another. I think it, it really um, puts on display Nebraska's um, the size of their, their, their off-field staff and personnel too. I mean, you're not, I'm not just talking about assistant coaches, but like, uh, you know, just to support staffers that are around and that are talking to visitors. You've got, you know, there was a moment on Tuesday where I, I think it was a couple student uh, managers were moving the jugs machine, you know, that, that shoots out the football for um, receivers to catch. They were moving it from one station to another and they were moving fast and the coaches were on them to move it fast. And uh, you know, they were, uh, the two guys were kind of chirping at each other, like, you know, hurry up, let's get this thing set up so they can get going there's really, I think, just this sense of every moment counts. Every moment is sort of uh, a chance to be competitive and show what you can do. So I think that's probably what stood out to me is there's just there's very little, if any, standing around. The drills that we get to see at least uh, are engaging. I mean, the coaches are, are always talking, always um, offering pointers or encouragement or, uh, you know, rebukes if necessary. So I, it just felt to me like it was it was packed. Like there were very few sort of lulls. Um, the music's a little bit quieter. Um, the dialogue's a little bit higher. I think during those drills now. So you know, again, who knows how that translates into the fall or or what that means for Nebraska moving forward? But I think it's just a sign that uh, there is sort of a different vibe behind the scenes in terms of how these guys go about their daily work. We saw a picture online of Matt Rule stopping practice when it wasn't up to his standards, trying to rally the troops, get them all together. How do you think the players are responding to, to moves like that or the video of, of Brian Applewhite coaching the running backs, getting on A.J. Allen? Does it seem like the team is responding pretty well to kind of that, that change in standard and that accountability that the coaches are expecting? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when it comes to that that sort of stuff, like that's I think that's pretty uh, – common routine stuff in practice. I mean, you're 
you're going to be challenged, you're going to be pushed. Um, the thing I think that this staff has emphasized is, uh, you know, you, you want to build those relationships with guys before you have those moments, right? Like you don't, you don't in the first week of getting to know these guys, maybe, maybe you haven't earned the right to challenge them or to, to set them down and say that this isn't up to our standards. So I think the fact that they've been able to do that and that <clears throat> there's been response from the players um, it's just another, another sign that this staff, um, you know, has invested relationally in these guys. And we hear Matt Rule say it all the time that these aren't just football players; they're young men who happen to play football. And, and it's all culture talk, right? Like that's that's kind of what we're talking about. It's about being competitive all the time. And so I think if you can tap into that and say, you know, you guys are losing this practice right now, you know, that resonates in a way. Um, you know, I just think it resonates deeply with this generation that they want to go out and prove that they're, you know, better than their teammates or better than whatever. Um, so, you know, again, I think just the fact that they're already to this point of being comfortable to do that says uh, how far, how much closer this staff and then the inherited players have come in the first few months. Speaking of, you know, getting to know guys fitting in, Jeff Sims spoke to the media at practice uh, the cold stood out to him, said he hadn't played in anything lower than 47 degrees, but they're out there throwing uh, with the wind whipping. What were your takeaways from hearing Jeff Sims talk? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a thoughtful, well-spoken guy. I, I talked to him after he committed, and I feel like uh, not a ton has changed in the few months since he's gotten here. I mean, his goals when he decided to, to come to Nebraska were less about uh, – sort of the, the physical side and, and even the offense necessarily. And it was more about the intangible stuff. Like he, when he, when he talks about getting better, it's, it's about like cutting down on turnovers. He's got, I think 30 touchdown passes, 23 career interceptions. So it's like, it's finding the details to be better at that. Um, he's, he's had injuries in his career at different times. So it's like, how do you, uh, how do you recover better? How do you put yourself in a spot to where you're able to stay on the field? Like that's, that's a little thing that he's looking to be more consistent at. And so, you know, it, it's been an interesting, I think quarterback uh, camp to this point, right? Like Casey Thompson's not been out there, but, but Jeff Sims even still has credited Casey for uh, helping him uh, walk through film and, and um, just being a good teammate in that way. So uh you know, I get the sense that these are two guys who are, who are, you know, essentially professionals. Both Sims and Thompson have have started uh, a number of major college football games. So I, I didn't get the sense that anything at this point was too big for Sims. I mean, he he said as much, right? Like with the whole discussion about the cold weather, kind of came from this idea that everything else about being here uh, isn't all that shocking to him. Like he's been, he's learned offenses. He's um, you know, ingratiated himself to teammates. He's led, and he's going to continue to do that at Nebraska. It's going to be a little bit colder. Um, I think he learned uh, that long sleeves don't necessarily help you when you're out there <laughs> throwing in 25-degree weather, so you might as well go sleeveless. But, um, you know, I, I think it's just, and, and Matt Rule said it, it's just a situation where it's just going to take time and reps to get where you want to be, and I, I think he's in that process and, um, you know, kind of understands he doesn't have to be ready for a game here in the next week. Um, but if he just continues on the path that he is, uh, it'll make for a really interesting competition into the fall. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World. Harold read his work at uh, Omaha.com, covering Husker football and baseball. Give him a follow on Twitter for live updates as well. Evan, appreciate your time as always. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks, Austin. See ya.
Once again, Evan Bland with us here on the block. We'll step aside. Jay Foreman in the building. We'll cross it over, get you set up for old school after this.